Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, the weekend was good. Did you see that they um they have a suspect arrested in the Long Island serial killer case? No. When you sent that, I heard it in my AirPods and I was doing dishes and I never went back to to look at it. Yeah, Who they've got a, a suspect, just some guy, like some creepy neighborhood guy. And they're like, we think it was him. But so far, they're only charging him. I think they said only in four of them so far. Rex Howerman? Yeah. Hewerman, Howerman. I'm not sure how to say his last name. And I just heard it on the news the other night. So, but whatever. He's, if he did it, he's trash. So, innocent until proven guilty, but at least they have a suspect. A normal dude. I hate that. I yeah. want to be able to look at you and be like, you're a serial killer. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Can't do that. He does not look, I mean, I mean, he doesn't look super friendly, but I, and my first instinct is not serial killer. That's sort of my first thought when I look at everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, that's true. Yes. People walk in the library, okay. I'm like, hi, how are you? You're a serial killer, aren't you? How many bodies are in your basement? How many people have you murdered? <laughs> oh, you don't have a basement? Oh, oh, so you keep them in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, noted. <laughs> or an there attic. Anyways. Oh, yeah, the attic. All right, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready now. Hey, guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. So our case today is from May 23rd, 1994. So we're doing this one. This is the episode that we missed because Ashley was so sick. In quotes. Just kidding. She was actually sick. Um, and so, <laughs> but it is still, you know, it's a, we're doing one of our missing person cases. And those are the ones kind of that I feel like we need to talk about the most, really. Because they still need the attention to them. Especially this one. I'd never heard of it. There's not a lot of information about it. So that's why we're doing May 23rd. So congratulations, guys. We're back in spring. All right. So. So our victim's name today is Sandra, and we're not sure how to say the last name. I couldn't find any kind of, like, recording of anybody saying her name. Audio, yeah. So it's either Servone or Servon. Which one do you want to go with? Servon was my first thought. Okay, we'll go with Servon. Okay. It's spelled C-E-R-V-O-N-E, just in case anybody wants to Google this case after we're done. Sandra Servon was born on December 10th, 1955, to Nancy and Dominic, and was a chatty, happy, cheerful child. She later married Ralph Solly Jr., but the marriage didn't last and they got divorced. In May of 1994, Sandra was six months pregnant with her first child, whom she had already named Brandon Michael. Also, due to a head injury, Sandra was on disability leave from her job at Eastman Kodak Company. The day of her disappearance, May 23rd, 1994, Sandra left her house with her purse and her poodle, Jesse. She was last seen around 2.30 that afternoon at Ames Plaza Shopping Center. Her car was still in her driveway. Jessie's bowl was full of food. All of Sandra's clothes were in her closet, and she had a calendar full of prenatal appointments. Sandra was supposed to call her sister to begin making plans for a baby shower, but she never did. Then she missed a doctor's appointment. On June 2nd, after she didn't pay her rent, Sandra's landlord contacted her family, and they filed a missing persons report. Dang, they didn't even give her 24 hours for the landlord came knocking. Well, and well, maybe she was like already a month behind or something. And I think it's weird that the landlord is the one who reported her. I mean, yeah, because that's like a week, right? Uh, from the 24th to the 2nd? Yeah, that's about a week. No, 23rd to the 2nd. Uh, over a week, about 10 days, almost 10 days. 
And also she was pregnant, six to seven months pregnant, and she was on disability from a head injury. Why was nobody like stopping by her house and checking on her or calling her and being like, hey, you all right? Should I, can I bring anything? I mean, that's a good question. But if maybe she had been in like a, I don't know when the head injury exactly was, like maybe mm-hmm. it was, you know, a while ago and she was mm-hmm. okay or she was just technically you know ready to go back to work after the baby's born or or maybe somebody was checking on her and it's whoever had a hand in her disappearance oh yeah because i mean if i didn't hear from you for 10 days and i mean this is 94 so it's almost 30 years ago i forget that they weren't people weren't in constant contact back then yeah but i remember even when i was a kid you know we had those phones with the super long cords that could go like around the house four times (laughs) yeah so I don't know. I, you know, it's not like how phones weren't a thing. I don't know. Maybe her and her family just weren't super close or maybe they had an agree. You know, maybe they just didn't talk on the phone that much. That doesn't mean you're not close, I guess. It just means you don't talk that much. I almost never talk on the phone. <laughs> maybe it's weird. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm reading into it. Who knows? Let's keep going. Okay. Are you okay? No. So this same day, also in Rochester, New York, four-year-old Callie Poulton went missing, which is where the police and media spent most of their time and energy. Just a little quick blurb. Callie was found two years later, having been killed by her neighbor, Mark Christie, and he's still in prison. So, ew. Poor kid. Poor family. So that's why she didn't get the uh, media attention and the police, you know, attention that she should have received. Uh A few days later, Jesse's dog tags were found in a trash can at a car wash in Penfield, which was the next town over. Police thought they caught a break when on June 22nd, Sandra's credit card was charged several times. They traced the transaction. What? Transaction. I haven't been drinking, officer. I promise. I'm fine. This is nothing wrong with me. I'm good. They traced the transactions back to four men who said they got the wallet from a nine-year-old neighbor who had found it. The men were questioned, but were not believed to be involved in Sandra's disappearance. On July 8th, a call came in from a woman claiming to have seen a body floating in the Erie Canal. A six-hour search was conducted, but they came up empty-handed. So we're already, what, seven, six, seven weeks into her disappearance now? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and say this because I feel like this one's deeply unsatisfying because there's not a ton of information. We found no information on why they believe the men were not involved. Like if they had an alibi or whatever, we have no information on that. We don't know. Like, I feel like we're just missing. I don't even know if they ever actually found a body in the Erie Canal or if they didn't. And if they found it, who like there's just a lot of information that's missing in this case. Which is which is I can't quite figure it out. Like, I feel like sometimes the the newer cases are easier to get information on because there are so many ways Uh to receive it. But I feel like the older ones, like why haven't they like, I'm going to say like uploaded all the information. Right. Because it's been so long. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. I feel like it should be an even playing field by now. Well, and also when you think about it, why don't I know the answers to all these things? And then also, when you think about the cases that get attention, this was a white pregnant woman. Right. Like, why didn't this one get attention? Like, think but, of the attention Lacey Peterson got. Agreed. But that's what they were. That's why I put the part about the, well, the yeah, little but girl. Like, like, I get it. But there was other stuff going on. I feel that would have Pe- been a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> There's other stuff going on when Lacey Peterson disappeared. And like, they still, that was all anybody talked about. And I, I just wonder why. Normally, white 
pretty pregnant women are like the media love them. Oh yeah. So it's just, it's weird that this, I feel like this one didn't get as much focus and it's just sad. All right. So next we have basically one suspect and it was her ex-husband, Ralph Solly Jr. They were divorced and Ralph had remarried, but the two were having an affair. Supposedly Ralph was the father of Sandra's baby, Brandon. According to Sandra's friends, she was supposed to meet Ralph the day of her disappearance. Ralph was asked to take a polygraph mm-hmm. and declined. He cooperated with police early on, then hired an attorney and ceased communicating with the police. They wanted to search his house and he refused. In 2016, he sold the house. The property was searched, but nothing was ever found. He died on June 4th, 2021 from pancreatic cancer and lymphoma. Like, I'm sorry. I think we're going to have different opin- opinions on this. Like if my ex disappeared and they were like, can you take a polygraph and come talk to us 17 times? I'd be like, no on the polygraph. Also, I'm hiring an attorney. I get it. I get it. I do. I get it. But being asked to take a polygraph and declining is fine. I would absolutely 100% do that. But not talking to the police, even with an attorney, I just... Well, it says that he was talking with them. Then he stopped talking to them. And... I mean, right. So I wonder if he told his story 17 times and it, like this one, we just don't have a lot of information. I wonder if he told his story 17 times and then the lawyer was like, you've told him everything. Stop talking to him. Or maybe they I don't I don't know. I mean, I just feel like depending. Well, depending on which exit was, I would I feel like I would want to help. And yeah, I'd be happy to talk to the police a couple times with a lawyer. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I wouldn't take a polygraph. So I really don't have a problem with what he did in terms of the the cooperation with the police i do have a problem with the fact that he was the one who was supposed to see her she was pregnant with his child and he was married to somebody else right that to me is the weird part the police stuff i'm I'm fine with i think he did fine with the police well when you add all of that together well and then you consider the fact that her car was still at her house so how did she get to the shop? She was obviously at the shopping center with some. She obviously rode with someone. How like sure. how did she get there? She had to have gone with somebody. Although I did read, and it, but it was on Reddit, so you know, um, I don't necessarily know how accurate it was that the shopping center was only about a mile, mile and a half away from her house. So she may have just been taking Jesse for a walk. That's a lot. That's a lot for a pregnant woman. I mean, six months is when you feel the best, honestly. Oh, okay. Six, seven months. About eight, nine months. You get so exhausted that you just want to die. The first three months you just exhausted that you want to die but like six or seven that's 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 like your golden time i just feel like if you're six seven months pregnant walking a mile and a half is not what i want to do in may well you're not six seven months pregnant and you don't want to walk a mile and a half my issue rude it won't come for me okay (laughs) but accurate um I don't think, I don't know. So I don't, you know, if that's accurate, I could see her taking Jesse for a walk and then somebody snatching her. You know, I, don't, I just, I, once again, there's so much information that we just don't know about this case. And it's, it's definitely the, um, she still had her appointment set up. Um, I never saw anything saying where she didn't want to have the baby or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, she didn't run uh, off. I 100% agreed, don't think she ran agreed. off. I don't, I don't think she did either. Um, so Sandra's mother died in 2008, never knowing what happened to her daughter. In 2013, her father died without ever knowing. Donna, Sandra's sister, had Sandra Savon Solly carved in their headstone. She said, quote, that way she'll be with them no matter what. 
The family hired a private investigator, Richard Ingram. He said, quote, it's getting harder all the time and more frustrating all the time. And I actually became feeling like I was part of the family. I got so involved in the case emotionally over the years. So I'm just hoping and praying something good will happen for us. Donna said, quote, sometimes I still smell her perfume and I just feel in my heart that she's still going. But the problem is that I don't know. Nobody knows. Ugh, that sucks. I know. I know. Sandra would be 67 today. At the time of her disappearance, she was five foot five and weighed 130 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes and pierced ears. She has a scar on her upper lip and a birthmark on her abdomen. If you have any information, call New York State Police at 585-398-4100 or Richard Ingram at 585-465-5769. I hate the ones when there's no resolution and when I feel like there's not going to be any resolution. I know. I just, because I just, I don't know. I sort of think this one was a stranger because I feel like if it wasn't, then her family wouldn't have put Sally on the gravestone. Like her, I think her, fa- her family believed that the ex-husband didn't have anything to do with it or they wouldn't have put Sally on the gravestone. Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, like if Ryan and I were married, like, and that something happened to me, they don't, they wouldn't and have I done suspected that. he had something to do with what yeah. happened to you. Yeah, I wouldn't put, me and your mama wouldn't put Maxie. Yeah, absolutely not. In fact, we put Ashley Day, not Maxie. <laughs> Anti-vaxi. <laughs> Absolutely no maxi. We're not saying anti-vaxi, by the way, because those people are trash. We're saying anti-maxi with an M. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, I just, I don't know. This one's sad. It's very sad. I, I hope we can find out what happened to her. She was a tiny little thing. She was six months pregnant and only weighed 130 pounds. Uh-huh. Like, <sighs> and, and she's 5'5". Five five. Why are you so small? Very, very little. little. Ugh, that sucks. I hope, I don't know. It's, I hate the ones. I, the missing cases are so hard. Always so hard. You're welcome. I know these are your favorites. Okay. Can I have a happy ending though, please? You may. Okay, you may. So we're doing, remember, we're doing May 23rd. So on May 23rd in 1910, my girl Margaret Wise Brown was born. You don't listen to me when I talk to you. Uh-uh. She was the woman, the person who caught my eye like three episodes ago. The, the bisexual the writer good new, who wrote Good, good Night, Night Moon. Moon. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. You know how to remember <laughs> names? I don't know people. Anyway, so she was born in 1910. Okay, and then in 1952, John Quinones was born, and he's um the what would you do guy, and he also does like Nightline in 2020, so I feel like everybody oh, knows who John okay, Quinones yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. And then <laughs> in 1974, Jewel was born. My hand. Wow. What, a, what happened to her? She's still around. I mean, is she still like doing music and stuff? I think so. Okay, and then our events today. This one was so weird to me. In 1785, Benjamin Franklin announced his invention of bifocals. So he sawed his lenses on his glasses in half so he could read the lips of the French speakers at court. I don't, there's so much of the story I don't understand. So, so he had glasses and then he cut the bottoms out? He cut the tops out, I think, or the, I don't know what he did, but he cut them in half. I would assume he cut the tops out because they're always like the glasses are always on the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like he wasn't hearing impaired. So I'm not sure why he needed the glasses to read the lips of, and I don't, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. But I just imagine him like walking into his house and being like, these 
glasses, I can't see. Just like getting out a saw. He's like cutting them in anger and then putting them back on. Be like, oh, actually, this is fantastic. It's <laughs> exactly what I needed, Ben Franklin, you genius. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened, but that's what I imagine happened. I'm pretty in my sure mind. that's exactly what happened. Also, there's some dis- discrepancy on like the date and stuff. It may not have actually happened on this day and at that in that year, but that's when it was like officially agreed upon. Okay, we'll take it. Okay, and then in 1981, Peter Sutcliffe was convicted for the Yorkshire Ripper murders of 13 women at the Old Bailey in London, and he was sentenced to life sentences for each. Yes. Yeah. Good London. Heck yes. Oh, and then this one was really interesting, and then. In 2022, New York City removed its last public payphone in Midtown Manhattan to put them on a part of a museum display. Oh, which will be really great eventually. But imagine you live in Midtown Manhattan and you saw them and then you walk into a, like you just saw them in the wild and then you go into a museum and you're like, I paid money to see this. I was just I just saw this on the street last week. <laughs> saw a guy peeing on it like what? <laughs> Anyways, and those are our events for today. So, who caught your eye this week? <laughs> Sorry. I want my money back, at least for the payphone exhibit, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Here you go. Here's 75 cents. Appreciate it. Who caught my eye? So, um, Elliot Sabler's back on Law & Order SVU. You're still watching Law & Order SVU? I'm-, <laughs> I'm not judging. I just I can't believe it's taking you so long. I'm on season 23. So I'm on the last one that's on. I always forget there's like so many seasons of that show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, uh, bear with me here because I'll watch several episodes a day. Okay. I'm used to shows that have like 12 seasons of me being like, I'm not going to watch this because that's just too much. 23 seasons. I love shows that have like, like my perfect shows are ones that have multiple seasons with multiple episodes in each one and it's completely finished so that I can see the beginning to the end with no interruptions, no nothing. I lose focus if shows are that long. Like I can't how many, tell you how many times that I started watching, like I'm like, I sit down and I think I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy from beginning to end and then get to season like seven or eight and I'm like, okay, well that was enough. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on like who I want to hang out with. Okay. They're, they're my only friends. Okay, so who caught your eye? That's awfully rude. Okay, so this week, I'm still watching my On Patrol Live. This week, it's Officer Libby Keisler from, from Beach Grove, Indiana. <laughs> and I... <laughs> so they were chasing down a car that had been stolen. And this the person who stole the car turned out to be a dude. Of course, I'm just going to say it was a dude. And he was driving like crazy. And he drove all the way up and across the medium like wildly where we would have been like, holy crap, like freaking out. And she just goes, oop. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. I just, like, every round and watched that moment, like, seven times. It's like what I say if I'm carrying laundry to put away and, like, I drop a pair of underwear or something. I'm like, oh. She just goes, oop. And I was like, honey, he's about to die. Uh, he was fine. He was absolutely fine. It was just the, the reaction was so understated it was perfect <laughs> i just couldn't i couldn't take it so officer would be that always makes me like it makes me wonder too like what have they seen where that's her reaction uh-huh. to that you know what i mean like tell me everything 
Yeah, she was awesome. So that's who got my sweet. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Perfect. Whoopsie daisy. So that was our case for May 23rd, 1994. Follow us on Instagram at A Day with Murder and on Facebook at A Day with Pod. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Love you. Miss you. Bye. Love you. Miss you. Bye. Amen. Amen. I just ate, so now I'm going to be all like flimming. Why is that? I do that too. I just had a snack, so. I don't know. I know why you do it because you have like asthma and you oh. smoke. I don't know why I do it. Like your lungs are broken. Mine are, should be fine. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, I don't know what's going on, but me and Angie are both just like, there's there's something there, something's happening. Uh It's a conspiracy. Like, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's a conspiracy. You love conspiracies. You must be so excited. I do. I'm so stoked. It's like a little mystery. Like your snacks get moved and you're like, it's a conspiracy. I know, honey. You got up in the middle of the night and got a sneaky snack. It's fine. They're sneaky snacks, man. That's where my weight comes from. Anywho. I appreciate a good theory. Okay. You and your conspiracy theories. You're one of those people that's very easily convinced. A hundred percent. I feel like it's because I'm very open-minded. And so I can, I can see where you're coming from. I can understand how this could happen, you know, whatever. And that is why you'd be a terrible police officer. Yes. Because people would be like, no, that's not what happened. See, my mom's grandma's cousin's best friend left that in my car. You'd be like, oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Oh, Sure. I mean, I've been there, done that. It happens. I get it. You have a nice night, ma'am. And okay. she's like, what? Seriously? Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah. Make, get a good snack on the way home. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done talking. Well, that's going to make for a really boring episode. <laughs> <laughs>